0: Are you ready for the word of the Lord this morning? Linda, I would like us to turn to 2 Samuel chapter 6. The first thing that I want to talk about this morning is worship how fitting. I, I, I can't believe. It is so amazing to me. I shouldn't say I can't believe. I believe God is amazing. He's incredible. He's powerful. And it is consistently amazing to me. And you hear me You say, oh, Pastor Lynn, you're becoming pretty redundant over that. The lyrics that we get to see and experience, the things that are coming out of our mouth, as the Lord is preparing me as to what to say and has been preparing me. It's just like Amazing. It's amazing what we sing. And the, and the lyrics that are up there, I say again, and the message that I have to bring. Because always, they're tied together. And we do not collaborate beforehand. It's like it's, I, I, God, you are so good. You are so good. How the Holy Spirit just weaves through this, this whole thing. Well, We're going to begin at chapter 6. Um, Somewhere around verse twelve, but I need to tell you a little bit of the story. You know the presence of God. Old Testament. I did not use to. Uh, I remember having some discussion with my mother-in-law. Like so I'm just camped in the New Testament, New Covenant, New Testament. I don't really care much for the Old Testament, but the more that I've started studying it, it's like, oh my goodness, this is incredible. This is oh so amazing, and how how it points to casts shadows into the New Testament. It's like, yes, we're seeing, we're learning by so many of the things in the Old Testament, what Jesus is telling and teaching and the apostles are teaching in the New Testament. Yes, amen, amen. Well, this is talking, this sixth chapter is talking about David and the Ark of the Covenant, the Ark which was the presence, considered the presence of God at the time. So the Ark which was moved around. It was a box. We have one in the library that's, that's built to the same uh, specific measurements as, as the original. But this contained the, the articles that Moses put in there considered to be the ark of the presence where God dwelt. So the ark was moved around, and, and, and David is trying to figure out Just exactly how to bring, maneuver, and get the presence of God where and when and where he wants it. He was moving the presence of God from one house, going to move it to Jerusalem, city of David. And he wanted to get that accomplished. He had a great idea. Kind of like me. It was something that he thought up on his own, rather than consulting with the Lord first. So he got a cart, and he got some oxen, a brand new cart though, and he put this ark on this, on this new cart, and these oxen were moving it, and obviously God wasn't pleased with this whole method. But David jumped in there, and he had all of the people of Israel, chapter, I mean, chapter 6, verse 5, David and all the people of Israel were celebrating before the Lord with all their might, singing songs, playing all kinds of musical instruments, lyres, harps, tambourines, castanets, and cymbals. He was very excited, and and they're, they're worshiping and jumping and praising, but they didn't go about carrying the presence the right way. They're praising, but the presence of God is coming behind a couple of oxen and a brand new cart. Like, well, the oxen stumbled, the cart just about tipped over, somebody touched it, was instantly killed, freaked David out completely. There's a scripture that says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Well, David wised up in a hurry right here. It's like, oh, whoa, so this guy's dead. So he, he, he said, you know what, I, I, I'm afraid right now of just exactly how to handle the presence of God, this ark. So, I'm going to send it to somebody else's house instead of bringing it home. Yet, I have to, a little bit more to learn about this. So, David moved it into the home of Obed-Edom. Now, I <clears> want <throat> to start right here. It says David was afraid of how the Lord, uh, what the Lord had done. So, David decided to move the ark of the Lord into... Not to move it into the city of David. Instead, the ark of the Lord remained there with the family of Obed-Edom for three months. So he moved the ark into the home of Obed-Edom where it stayed for three months. And in that three months, I'm on verse, uh, verse number 11. In that three months that the presence of God, the ark of the covenant, which was considered the presence of God... The Lord blessed Obed-Edom and his entire household for that three months. Mm. So where the presence of God is, is where the blessing flows. That's what we said, it's not about the plan, it's about the presence. The presence of God. When King David was told about this, that the Lord had blessed Obed-Edom's home and everything he has because of the Ark of God, well, David went there and brought the Ark to the city of David with a great celebration. What he did this time, though, it's like it's got some pulse to it. It's on the shoulders of men. It's like I want to just think about this just for a second. The presence of God is carried by men and women, but the presence of God is carried by men. We are the carriers of the presence, not a cart, not oxen. We're the carriers of the presence. And something that I found so interesting is, as, as we read just a little bit further, but I want to talk about this, you know, the, the oxen were carrying the presence. They were, they were moving it with the people celebrating and stuff. But they were celebrating before the Lord, but they did not have, they were not carrying the presence of God. And what was being, what was carrying the presence, the oxen, is what David later used as the sacrifice. He sacrificed what was dragging along, carrying the presence of God, sacrifice the oxen, an oxen and a calf. If I well, let's read. They, so, as King David, the uh, uh, after the men, so they loaded up on the shoulders of men with great celebration, headed for the city of David. After the men who were carrying it had gone six steps, they stopped and waited so David could sacrifice an ox and a fatted calf. So there was six steps. They just got started moving the presence of God, and there was a sacrifice. A sacrifice was made. Now, I want to jump to a couple of other scriptures right here. Psalm 49 14 through 16. Oh, and I'm going to be... Oh, new NLT. Good job, Linda. Can we give Psalm 49? Well, 49 verses 14 and 16. Is we bring the sacrifice... Okay, there we go. Like sheep, they're led to the grave, where... Wow. 4916. 4914 through 16. What does 16 say? I'm confused. Okay, how about 15? Or I'm going to look again myself. Okay i got the wrong one written down here, so we're just going to keep moving. It basically, Psalm somewhere around 49, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, somewhere in there, says bringing the sacrifice of praise into the house of the Lord. It's like the sacrifice of praise. How, How does praise become a sacrifice? You know, because some of the times when we come into the house of the Lord, we come in here to worship, we don't necessarily feel like it. There are sometimes we come in excited and we're ready to jump and sing and dance. And there's other times that we do not come in so excited. And I'm thinking that, that when, when we are carrying, we are carriers. When we carry in the presence of God on our shoulders, sometimes that means that we enter into his presence with singing, with dancing, even if we don't feel like it. We bring the sacrifice of praise into the house. It's like it's like carrying the presence of God on our shoulders to bring him in with us so that we can worship him. It's like where the presence of the Lord is there is freedom. Where the presence of God is, there's incredible blessing. Where the presence of God is, there is healing. And so many times people that come into Valley Church and say, wow, as soon as I come in here, I feel the presence of God. It's awesome, I can feel the Holy Spirit, I can feel the presence of God. Well, you know why? It is because the sacrifice of praise comes into this house on a regular basis. People come here to praise, to minister, to the Lord. See, we don't just come to see what we can get. It's not about just going to get a fix or, or, or to get something that we can take away with us. It's what we can bring. And we can carry the presence of God on our shoulders for other people to be able to enjoy. We are carriers of the presence of God. Everybody say carriers. You're a carrier. carrier. I'm a carrier. carrier. It's my responsibility. I've shared with you before that I've said many, 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 many times in staff meeting that it is our job to create and maintain an atmosphere for people to end up having their personal encounter with God, with the Holy Spirit. So it's something that each one of us need to take on. We're Carrying, we're bringing. I want to talk a little more about David would sacrifice an ox, a fatted calf, and David danced before the Lord with all his might, wearing a priestly tunic. You know, when I watch Louisa, I am blessed every single Sunday without fail, and I know that young lady. And I know that sometimes she doesn't come in here all excited, worked up. She comes in here, starts carrying the presence, starts worshiping in here because the Bible also tells me that God inhabits the praises of his people. He inhabits the praises of His people. So if we're carrying Him, we're bringing Him, we're going to have Him here for everyone else to be able to enjoy. We've got to worship Him. We've got to love on Him. Is everybody with me? All right. And we were so doing that this morning. You think He felt loved this morning? Do you think Jesus felt loved this morning? Yes. Hey, yes and amen. So David and all of Israel brought up the ark of the Lord with much shouting and blowing of trumpets. I just say let's give Jesus a big shout right now. Jesus, 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 Jesus. We love you, Lord. We love you, Jesus. We love you. Whoa, yes. Mm. We thank you for your presence. We love you. We want to minister to you. We want you to be blessed, Jesus. As the ark of the Lord entered the city of David, Michal, the daughter of Saul, looked down out of her window. She saw David dancing and leaping before the Lord. She was filled with contempt for him. It's like, you know what? That religious spirit... It's something that we can we, that we can look at and see, but David didn't care in the least. Amen. He was worshiping before an audience of one. Yeah. Yeah. Something that I learned, I, this this took me a while. I, when I first started coming to Valley, I was pretty content with clapping my hands and, and watching other people. But the Lord started me on this journey, and I, and I went through this, and I read this. And I was like, wow, the king, the king could end up coming undone like this, could dance in front of everybody, could humble himself to the point of that he would dance and jump and make a complete fool of himself, then so could I. Amen. What makes me think that I am so important that I can't do that very thing? I ended up going to a, a conference, a secular conference thing, and, and, and hearing while I was at that at that conference something that just was adding to my worship experience as, as I'm learning and. And uh, then the Lord started telling me, you know what, Lynn? It is your pride. It's your pride that keeps you from doing what I'm calling you to do, and that's being a worshiper. It's like, you know what? We have worship pastor, we have worship leaders, and we have lead worshipers that are all an example that are helping us break through to the throne of God increasing, say, more, Lord, more, Lord, more, Lord. If we want more, Lord, we give more of us to Him, and then we get more of Him here, in us, with us. It's like, yes, more, Lord, okay. Then he's saying, more, Tim, more, more, more. I want more of you. I want more of you. I want to see participation. I want to see you look silly in front of me. It's like, oh, no, I can't do that. Right there in front of us, like, oh, you're surely not calling me to do that. But I'll tell you what, there, there was, we were at, a, Renee and I were at a two-day conference, and, and these, this leader was a psychologist. Two, two of the different breakthrough conferences we went to, one was a psychologist, one was a psychiatrist, because the majority of the blockage, the things that keep us from breakthrough, both in the secular realm, when we want to break through to another level, when we feel like there's a ceiling that we can't get past, it's in our heads, it's in our minds. So it's so interesting to be a, listen to a psychologist and a psychiatrist through two different things. But this, this the second day of this, of this workshop, this guy has us He plays a rock and roll tune, kind of cuts out the words, just plays it really loud and has everybody, the couple hundred people that are at this, in a big conference center, moves chairs and stuff so you can get around the outside, has all of them. You know, we've gone through a lot of introspective research, searching and stuff. Then he, okay, here's the day for your breakthrough, he says. So everybody's lined up, line up in a big circle around here. Everybody's lined up in a circle. Put your hand on the person in front of you. Now, when this music starts, I want you all to do a little skip and a little dance as we go around. I want everyone participating because we paid big money to go to this thing. <laughs> and I've been studying about worship. So, he said, this is what I want you to do. So, we, we do this and, and we go around. And he says, but while you're doing it, you have been shown as you've been doing this introspective search here that blockage either that or one of the uh, of the uh, programs one of the exercises we've gone through has shown you but for us it's holy spirit that's what it really was in the first place is holy spirit showing you what's holding you back and then as you go into worship he said I want you each to shout out the declaration of what you've heard, of what you've seen, of what you've been taught, as you're dancing to this music with your hand on the person in front of you. So there's an incredible amount of unity through this whole thing, and it's not a church service. And I'm just like, wow, this is amazing. And then he began to even further explain as when you're moving in the rhythm with the music, as most of the people are able to do, and I tried to do, Um, when you're moving with the music, the rhythm, and you're shouting out those declarations, then breakthrough is taking place. It's like, we did that, I was absolutely blown away by, you know, when you actually fully engage in worship, in the body, the mind and the spirit, there's this incredible refreshing that you feel bodily. I see people shaking their head. you know what I'm talking about? Those of you that have done what I'm talking about, you you know exactly what I'm talking about. And the power of declarations. When we make declarations, sometimes the secular realm ends up figuring these things out before we do and we've got the Word of God. It's like, wow. But we can pay attention to the things that are going on there because it applies to the spiritual realm. So making declarations, speaking the words out while, while dancing, while worshiping, it's like, oh my goodness, what power there is in that. This guy went on to, to, to refer to how many of you are feeling a little tingle in your head, at the top of your head? And I was like, he says, we call that the neuron tingle. He said, that's, that, that's things that are happening where new pathways are, are beginning to be created in your brain because your thought process is changing because you're making declarations. It's like, wow, wow. Well, I believe that and I apply that to our opportunity when we worship. I mean, I love to skip and dance. And I used to love to jump when I was in a little bit better shape and not quite so fat, but uh, I love to bounce up and down on my toes now. It's a little less impact, but God knows my heart. I'm just saying when we, as David did, are willing to undignify ourselves, to worship to an audience of one, he will meet us, he will bless us, and we will be encouraged and experience the breakthrough I'm talking about. Does this make sense to anybody? It really makes sense to me. I ended up finally getting all brave, and we were still over in the gym. In fact, we hadn't even been in the gym all that long, and I asked Pastor Rutson permission to get up and share a little bit. I shared a little, just a little bit of this stuff, jumped down off the platform and just started dancing with my eyes closed because I knew people were watching. And that was so not my personality, so everybody was stunned. And we had incredible, incredible breakthrough that came. An anointing that fell over the place that was almost thick enough you could just about cut it. It's like, wow. When we're faithful, when we are faithful to worship Him as we are called to worship... He's faithful to meet us. Okay, that was going to be the beginning. Now I'm ready to start preaching. And we have ten minutes left. I've been told I'm not supposed to watch that clock, but this is Social Sunday, and we're going to eat here pretty quick. So, I think... next week is going to be the meat of the message that I had but, so we're going to go skip a whole lot of stuff and just go to John three thirty. John 3 verse 30 let's see if I got this one right Linda did you go to sleep? did you give up on me? <laughs> oh I, thank you John was John was in in prison and he was being uh, visited. I believe he was in prison at this time and and his disciples came to him and you're not going to believe what's happening. You know, Jesus they're coming to Jesus to be baptized and you know, you were the one that were sent out here and John says very clearly, he must become greater and greater and I must become less and less. It's like I must decrease so he ...can increase. It's like, what that is saying to me today... It's like, ...and to you today... ...it's like, it is not about you... ...it's about Him. It's not about me... ...it's about Him. Even though... ...even though... ...He's created me to be something very special... ...and I understand that I have an identity... ...in Christ... That has given me power to do all kinds of amazing things it is not for my glory it is for his glory and that the Lynn Hardy that I know and that I have known has got to decrease this this ego and this worry and this concern if he tells me to go stand on my head in the corner I need to go stand on my head in the corner not worry about what somebody's gonna think what is he doing over there I must decrease that he can increase that he can increase in me by giving more of me to him Are you with me Matthew 16:25 Matthew 16:25 basically says that if I am concerned about my life. I will lose it. If I'm concerned about my life, I will lose it. Now, I don't. I, I, the way that I am seeing, if you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. It's like giving up my life. I don't mean like sacrificing my life. I'm going to be killed. It means the things that I think are important to me. The things that I, that I think. From, oh, it, it could be my, my hobbies. It could be my job. It could be any number of things that takes my focus away from God. I mean, the scripture says, Matthew six thirty three says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Then the things you need will be added to you. It is really, really important that we end up putting Jesus first, put God first in our lives and let the other things line up. When Jesus is just in the mix, it's like, oh, whoa. I'm, gonna, I'm going to be elaborating on this now next week, maybe calling it Jesus in the mix. I'm not, not really sure, but we're going to move from Old Testament to New Testament to New Covenant next week with, with in, in talking about that. Seek first. We don't try to save our life but we're willing to give our life up. We bring the sacrifice of praise but also it's the sacrifice of my life. Sometimes it's the things that I think are important that I like to do more. The things that I think I need have become important to me. I've use this, I've quoted this a number of times, Jack Taylor says, you know, one of the Ten Commandments says, you will have no other gods before me, no other idols before me. Jack Taylor says anything that you have to check with first, before you can say yes to God, is an idol in your life. Anything that you have to check with first before you can give God a yes is an idol in your life. So I say, sacrificing my life, it's like, okay, Lord, okay, Lord, it's whatever you want is where I want to be. It's what I want to do. I'm willing to give up my life in what I think is important to me and what I think is valuable to me. I don't want to just have you in the mix. I want you to be first. Man, I think that's probably a place to stop and, and go eat unless we want to end up getting the worship team up here. we got about four minutes left. We want to get the worship team up here, do a big old circle around the place. and every, <laughs> I, think we'll, I think we'll save that for another day, but I think we will worship for a little while. I think this is our, our, a chance, an opportunity, and an experience for us. To encounter breakthrough, I really believe that when we were doing break every chain, break every chain, break every chain, that's right, I mean that's right in line with the scripture, with with the message that I've been bringing, is that through worship, worship is an instrument of warfare, worship is one of our weapons of warfare where we do break chains where we get free where we get healed where we get breakthrough where we get to experience a well-being by the presence of God just like oh I feel peaceful here last Wednesday I was in the the prayer meeting back there and I came in there like they had been going for probably 30 minutes or an hour by the time I got in there I just wanted to get in on a little bit of a little little prayer and. They went for probably another 20 or 30 minutes of worship back there. They got so messed up, the presence of God came and fell so heavy in there that Barb got on the microphone and sounded like a little girl and went staggering around. The presence of God, she got just drunk in the spirit like I've never seen her before. Came staggering over to me to pray over me and I'm sitting and I'm, I, I'm not, I am not doing this. The majority, probably three quarters of them are just laughing, laughing, laughing their heads off, even staggering around a little bit. And I'm just laid back in my chair. And for me, it, it was more of us like, oh, I had to check to make sure I wasn't drooling, you know, that kind of like, uh oh. A couple of them came over by me. It's like, you know, more, more, more. It's like, yeah, here's what you don't understand. I'm not a sloppy drunk. I don't like to get up and laugh and sh- trip around. I'll just, just sit there and just like, wow, the presence of God being so heavy and real, It's like, whoa, oh, oh. But it's because we worship, they must have worshiped in there for an hour, or an hour and a half or so before I got there. And then the presence of God just, just fell on them. And it was a fun, fun, really cool experience to be a part of. I'm just saying some of the times we, we worship ourselves into incredible places in the spirit. You want to feel the presence of God? You want to experience the presence of God? Worship Him. Bless Him with your worship and He will bless you. Bless Him, minister to Him, love on Him with your worship and He will bless you. You will get breakthrough. Let's do it. Let's just, let's conclude with a few minutes, at least one good song of worship. So I'm gonna pray first instead of dismissing you afterwards. I'm gonna pray first and we're gonna worship for as long as you wanna worship. When you're done, you can just head down that hall to the gym where we're having Social Sunday. So let's stand. Father, we thank you, we thank you for your goodness, we thank you for your glory, we thank you for breakthrough, breakthrough, breakthrough. We thank you that you have given us the opportunity to freely worship you in spirit, in truth, in body, that we can make declarations to you and to whenever, however we choose, and that you, you, you love it when we worship you. Again, your word says you inhabit the praises of your people. We just thank you, Jesus, for all that you've done here this morning. And as we enter again into worship, I pray that you would bless this time. And I just speak blessing over each and everyone that's come today to be a part of this, that they, you, will walk away blessed, encouraged, full of what he has for you this morning. In Jesus' name, amen.